Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. So, there's a lot of stuff going on in the last couple of weeks. We got the we got some big interviews we've done. Yes, um, and we have more coming. We got Robert Jackson. If you guys haven't picked up on that one yet, you should check that out from yep. Robert's Guitar Dungeon. It is Robert Jackson, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, Jody Trevetti. Jody Trevetti's out there. Rocky uh, Guitars. There's another guy, a German dude. What was his name? Oh, I don't know. Thomas Blug. Um, yeah, nobody big, right? Yeah, nobody knows who he is. So, yeah, nobody's um, ever heard of that guy. And then, of course, we've got uh, Paula Joe coming up. Yeah, yeah, and we have others lined up for the future. Uh, hopefully, some of these come to fruition. Um, so, oh, they're coming to fruition. It's yeah. just a matter. of... It's a matter of whether they're kicking or screaming. Um, right. So, uh, I guess I should do the housekeeping. Yep. Are you a regular listener? Why not? Subscribe to The Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review at the service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash practicalguitarist. You can also find us on Twitter as at practguitarist. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have launched a Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. A portion of the proceeds there go to us. Uh, we will be using that to enrich the show. That is our uh, pledge to you. And if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. You know this is a <laughs> video episode, right, Jim? Oh, so yeah, now everybody right. can see what a jerk you are to me now. Um, so... Jim, I got I got something here. I got something I need to show you. Oh no! What what do you think's in here? Did I? Is it did year I of win? no gear? Is it year of is no it, gear? Oh my gosh! It oh my gosh! No it's a wobbler bag. It's a wobbler bag, and inside is my pinnacle, <laughs> <laughs> which you already had. Yes. Hold on, hold on. Here's my <laughs> wobbler bag, and what's inside here? Oh my! Look at I'm that! Number one! I number one. <laughs> Jim bought a middle finger. <laughs> it's my it's my new tone enhancement. <laughs> oh my god, it probably is. Um, <laughs> something's got to enhance your tone. <laughs> Something does. I actually did buy. What did I buy this week? No. Oh. Oh, you, you lost on. already. No, I didn't. You've seen these. I bought these picks. I bought the Robert Johnson signature jazz threes. Oh, I thought they were on top of some regular jazz. No, Eric Johnson. Oh, the Eric Johnson. You said Robert Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson. I say Robert Johnson. Who the hell is yeah. Robert Johnson? And why would I buy the crossroads? Why <laughs> I didn't even know he played. I didn't even know he played those kind of picks. I did also buy my standard Jazz 3s just in case. And Jazz 3 Red Nylon because there's something supposed to be different about them. I don't know. I'm going to try them together because they're both made of something different. This is Black Stiffo. We'll leave the jokes later. And this is the um, nylon. I too, I too spent about as much money in picks. I bought a single gravity pick. <laughs> 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 it hasn't shown up yet. 
It's on the way. It's um, on the way. What, what did I not buy this week? Well, I did not. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still <laughs> I'm wringing my hands right now. Um, and I showed it to you earlier today. Uh, a Pelham Blue uh, Gibson SG standard that's available in my area <laughs> on Reverb, so I could do a local thing. And uh, <laughs> two weeks. If it's there in two or two three weeks, weeks, I'm getting it. Yeah. Two weeks from this Do you Friday. have any fruits and vegetables you'd like to declare, Jim? Oh. Huh? <laughs> Do you have any fruits and vegetables you'd like to declare, Jim? Two yeah. weeks! <laughs> Get ready two for weeks. a surprise! Weeks and four days. If it's there anyway. in two weeks and four days, I will probably buy it. So, um... <laughs> what did I not buy this week? Uh, the Ibanez AZ. Let's talk yes. about this thing for a minute. So, I'm not a huge fan of Sir guitars. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they're way overpriced for what they are. I've played... Well, I'm probably up to a half dozen at this point uh, in stores for a decent amount Strat of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so, I played the Modern, which actually I wanted to like the Modern more than anything. And I played there uh, some of the other the Strat designs that they put out. And... Um, uh, look... Um, I don't really see a distinguishable difference between what I'm playing right now, which is a GNL S500, and what they're putting out uh, from in terms of build quality and craft, craftsmanship that went into the instrument. Okay. Um, that being said, obviously, Sir uses more exotic woods. They have more choice available to the uh, to the discerning buyer in terms of what your parts and what your radiuses and stuff are like. Um, for me, I, I can do a lot of those same things with GNL for a fraction of the cost, like half the cost. It, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I will say this: if Ibanez were to offer some of those same distinguishing options at a similar price point, it becomes a much more compelling thing, and that's why I'm looking at the Ibanez AZ. So, which AZ? I, um, so I was watching um, Etsy Pie at HP. Yeah. Hey, Etsy Pie, um, and uh, he had a new AZ come in. I think I sent you that video um, that he bought. He, of course, he got great pricing, I'm sure. But um, and that's a twenty something hundred dollar guitar, which is right around the price point of the um, uh, the Sir. But I'm going to say that his HZ was really, really, really nice. And I don't know what the the price point you're looking at is. What thirteen hundred? The that's yeah, because so. The prestige line is yes. the ones that are very expensive, and then the other ones are about half that cost. Now, expensive ones don't really do a whole lot for me. I mean, I've played prestige model Ibanez's before. Obviously, they're superior to your typical, you know, off-the-shelf Ibanez, but I just don't see the price gap being that distinguishable. Um, for what you get with the prestige models, you basically get a, a, a neck break-in process. That's the way I perceive it. Like, the necks right. are obviously way better. Um, but again, I'm going to, I'm going to wear the shit out of the neck anyway. I mean, I, I've worn frets out in four years. So oh, yeah, it's like, that's a no brainer to me. I, I just buy the $1,500 guitar and play the shit out of it. But, uh, I, I do want to get my hands on one. I'm, I, I, right now I'm in love with the specs. I'm in love with the idea of it. Um, right. but I haven't played one yet and right. I'm kind of pissed off because 
Ivan has, although they do provide a coil split for the hum single single version. Yep. They don't have a single single single. And if they had that, no. I would be all in. But without question. They have a so there's a hum single hum and a hum single single version. And then and they're and pair dual humbuckers. Right and and hum hum right right. But I was talking about the three the three uh, pickup selectors that you were talking or three pickup options you were talking about. No, that being but so- I did not. I'm I am surprised not to see an SSS. That said, Dave, you know you know and I know that an SSS would be simple to do. Oh yeah, I, but I don't want to have to modify it. Like honestly, if that if I'm paying thirteen hundred bucks for a guitar, I want it yeah. to be playable out of the box. I don't want to have to modify it. Right. So the other option, the dark horse here, is that when I go to Sweetwater Gear, for ne- Gear Fest next year, I've got – so I've already started a laundry list. I told Jim this today. I started a laundry list of things I want to pick up. Some of it's podcast material-related stuff, so yeah. I want to get one of each of the Fuzz Face mini line because I'm going to do – I want to do the mega comparison of all the Fuzz Faces I can get my hands on. So yeah. if I can get all those at, at, at a couple bucks off, that's going to save me some money. Um, and then, of course, they have a couple of Fuzzface copies there that are really cool. They have the Morgan Amp, Amps NKT-275 unit. Um, right. And, of course, by that time, I'll have at least one Sunface. Um, so the idea would be to get as many of these as I can in a room and just right. nail them, A, B, and back to back to back. A couple of developments on that. I've been tinkering around the idea. So I did my original um, Band of Gypsies Fuzz video. I think I'm actually going to redo it. I'm going to, instead of using the Katana, I'm going to use my Mesa. I'm going to go somewhere where I can turn it up. And we're yep. going to shoot it, and we're going to do it right, so that you guys right. can hear exactly what it's supposed to sound like. And I'm going to perform the clips again, and we'll do it in a different way. And I won't make mistakes this time, because I think uh, the video I put out. Okay, so there's a couple things going on there. I wasn't comfortable editing yet. I didn't know how to actually do the performance parts with and, and speak at the same time. I don't want to do that stuff. I'm going to try to do it. And let the let the stuff speak for itself a little bit more. Um, but that being said, I want to make it clear that, you know, I'm going to put some quality effort into this. And so part of the thing is, like, I, I made a joke in the group about it being 340 days till Sweetwater Gear Fest. And, and then tease that, hey, if anybody wants to send me any fuzz faces, I'm, I'm serious about that. If anybody, because I can't buy any of this stuff right now. So right, right. if you want to see something demoed, send it to me. I'll do it. I don't yeah, care. I'll, I'll pay the postage back. back. I can pay for postage. Right. So um, that's not a big deal. But that being said, I'm not I'm not expecting anyone to do that. Uh, we I do have enough fuzz pedals to get through a couple months, so um, we can do some other shootouts and stuff like that. But I, th- the goal here is to get the comprehensive resource for what's available in terms of fuzz faces in the market. That is the yeah. pedal I enjoy the most. It is the pedal that I can speak to the most. Um, I'm taking inspiration from fellow podcaster Ryan Burke. The guy's a huge reverb fanatic, specifically spring reverb. And he can do things. Honestly, I sat in a room with him playing. He was playing through the katana and showing me things that it does that I just did. I was just mind boggled. Like he, yeah. he he knew how to to handle that spring reverb, and it was it was mind blowing for me. It's like how do you know so much about spring reverb? Well, that's the one effect he relies on. I mean, he's in a surf rock band, so right. He knows everything about it, and I'm the same way about uh, fuzz faces, and that kind of struck a chord with me. As so I'm like, well, I could do this. I could do the right. same thing, but I know fuzz faces, you know, just about as well as that. So, um, but, but that's what I'm trying to do. So end game. And then I got the other, the other thing is I'm going to get a Telecaster and I'm yep. going to get the Greg cock pickups. And I'm hoping I got to talk to, um, to Brandt, uh, but I, my, my Sweetwater rep, 
I'm hoping that they'll be able to actually put the pickups in the guitar while I'm there. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know if the service department's open during GearFest, so that may be that may be a second trip or something, or just have yeah. done when I get back. Not a big deal. Um, I got I. In fact, I have a dealer that can sell me the Greg Cock pickups local if I have to. Um, but that I that's that's probably going to happen. I mean, I could do that for under a grand. So even if I get a Mexican telly, I'm not really concerned with what level of Telecaster I get. I could get a classic vibe as long as I get the color right. I want. Right, um, right, and throw those pickups in it. So <clears throat> I think you'd probably be um, better off with a used Mexican. But. As we're talking about, well, yeah, but even the used ones are they're went four hundred dollars or now a reverb. So yeah, I saw there's, there was a couple stupid. of scratch and dents at my um, local guitar center. Um, believe it or not, it was at, I want to say one was three sixty nine. Well, I, I think, mean, I know that's close to four hundred. I think some of these new players' tellies that they're coming out with are beautiful looking. They got some great oh, yeah. color options. Um. I had to help the Fender on that one. You know, everybody's heard me bitch about Fender and putting out some of their crazy shit over the last couple months. But honestly, the Player Series, they they picked the right colors. They did a really good job. Yeah, they hit the ball out of the park with that one. So, honestly. um, There's some gorgeous guitars there. So, as we know, uh, Fender is, they import guitars. They have a Korean slash Chinese slash Indonesian line, which is Squire. And then they have the Mexican Player Series, which I think is what they're calling it now. And then they have yep. the American Professional series, and um, they, I like the way that they're distinguishing the branding, and they're not making it very specific about where they're coming from. Uh, they're just calling it the Player series, and they're calling yep. it the Professional series. They're not calling it American whatever or Mexican whatever anymore. They've removed that connotation, which allows them a little bit more freedom in their line. If they want to, if they want to take some of the Player series and ship it to Japan, they can do that. Um, in which I believe they actually do have some Japanese models in that line, but. Um, I don't quote me on that. Uh, right. My point and my segue here is that uh, Jim and I, well, I underwent a uh, stupid decision back in, uh, I think it was January, when I, it might have been before January, uh, when I bought my Shenzhen. Shenzhen. Yeah. You never thought we'd be talking about those guys again, did you? Well, yeah. so um, uh. I'm a regular follower of the Shenzhen slash Bad Cat Guitars Facebook group. Uh, the yep. user group, and uh, it became very obvious, specifically recently, that uh, they're no longer in business. Yep. Um, so uh, I saw that coming from a mile away. But go ahead. Several people put, uh, you know, where's my guitar messages up there, and then it became very clear that you know they were waiting over a month for their instrument, no tracking numbers or anything, no communication with. Uh, Jason from Shengzhou, Shengzhou Jia, who is supposedly the company's president. Um, right. So I heard of at least one instance where eBay refunded money today. I think Reverb has now suspended their account. Yeah, um, they have. So here's where here's where it gets dicey. All right. So we've all seen people and heard people doing things like Kickstarter, where they kick money into something and then they don't get any return on it, or. Um, they put in money to order a product that never comes to fruition. Uh, and I'm thinking about the console system from Debbie ever. Um, yep. And then of course, those people get burned because said people go out of business or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, people get left in lurch. Now here's where my uh, segue goes here. What do you do if it's an international company? You're not protected at all. They no. can literally walk off with your money. If you had a direct no. sale pending, from Bad Cat, you have no recourse. 
if right. you were to pursue them in court in some way, you'd have to have a significant amount of money wrapped up in inventory enough to, to justify going to an international lawyer an international law firm that could prosecute in China, and then we also right. know that China is notoriously pro-China on their on their legal system right. for in, with there, regards to this nothing, stuff. Your hundred fifty two hundred dollar guitar is gone. Your, your money, gone. your money is completely gone at that point. Now, it seems like a lot of these sales were going on through Reverb and eBay, um, <laughs> which means that the seller at least has some protection. They're, the uh, buyer, the buyer. That's what I mean. The buyer. And so they're obviously getting some of this money refunded to them. Right. Uh, Shanghai Jia will have to make good on some some level of promise in this situation. But that being said, uh, Jim and I got into this discussion about how they were actually operating as a company. And uh, Jim, go ahead. You you can start because I think you have a better handle on this. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so what a lot of these companies have done is they take pictures. Some of them are doctored, some of them are not. But what they do is they put up pictures and they say, this is the guitars we have in stock. And they'll be, these pictures are actually pictures of real Les Pauls and, and uh, SGs and Paul Reed Smiths and stuff that they've got on their sites. And then what they do is they doctor the part with the um, headstock uh, where the logo is. And um, so I had heard through other guitar podcasts and, and news groups that what was happening is they that um, you would order this guitar that's supposedly already built. It's already in stock. It's right there. And yet somehow, magically, it takes 10 weeks to get to you. And then um, even though they say it's only three weeks shipping, which is probably real realistic. Anyway, um, what happens is they would then um, contract a circle of builders or people who had them in stock, however you want to look at it. And then those folks would then provide the guitar, and then they would slap their logo on it and ship it out. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because most of the the purchasers, I know that they mean well when they post. We all do it. We, we get a guitar, especially if it's an early guitar in our um, ownership thing. Oh, look at this. It's so great. And then we realize, oh, the, the, you know, the frets are uneven, and we want to believe they're even. Um, and they're not. Um, or the the you know the workmanship is bad, or the electronics are bad, or the microphone, the guitar. Um, uh, a lot of these early players are not playing at any kind of volume. So then they find out that their their um, pickups are extremely microphonic. We're not talking about little microphonic that we all kind of want in some of these vintage ones. We're talking about microphone microphonic. We're they, talking like, about there's microphonic as this thing right here. No, 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 not like that at all. We're talking that the, the, the pickups are vibrating against the rings in the right. guitar microphonic. Yeah. And so <clears throat> anyway, it, it, all these build problems aside, um, the, uh, these companies are fly by night. They're, they're here and they're gone and they might last six months, eight months a year. But they're gone. They make it look like they're they're doing stuff, but you know it's like, oh, here's a here's our our company. Well, just like they can put up fake um, pictures of guitars they don't actually have in stock, they can put up um, footage, stock footage of a Korean or Japanese or you know whatever um, uh, uh, floor of a guitar building facility, and that they're they're actually there on the floor but they're not they're not there and these things you know 
it's easier and easier to fool people with video, and that kind of thing is is going on. I think the truth of what was going on at Shengzhou lies somewhere between these horrendous reports and what was really happening. Um, so Shengzhou, when I got my my unicorn, so. I don't. The site's not. It doesn't exist anymore. So I'm going to try to do this as best I can from memory. Their site does not specify who's building the guitars, right? So the automatic assumption is that Shengzhou is its own company, right? Well, when you get the guitar, you get hang tags for the guitar, and the hang tags actually tell you that Shengzhou is being manufactured by this other company. Right, and so that they're just buying stock from them and then putting it in place. Now, here's the really funny part. So, Shengzhou Jia does an interview with a reporter here from the United States that I believe I posted in our own Facebook group. Um, you can scroll back in time and see if it's there. Um, but the reason this is significant is because he's having this interview with a reporter, and he's walking around his factory. Wait a minute! He doesn't have a factory. Well, well, wait a minute. Your hang tags don't say that. And in accordance with that, as you were saying, uh, the hang tags indicate that they've been in business for a really long time. Years. Uh, since like Years. 1988 or something like that. Yep. Um, they haven't Even been around that long. And And on their site, here's the other thing, that on their site, they had pictures of famous musicians. Like, uh, it wasn't, um, oh, crap. Uh, the guy that was playing Richie with Billy Sheehan, Richie Cotton. Cotton. Yeah, but but that was their site. That was their Facebook page, which made it that much worse. Yeah. yeah. Now, as if that was a the, 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 this that as if that was one of their uh, signature musicians. Well, and the funny thing was, this all comes on the heels of uh, a couple months ago. There was somebody complaining about quality problems and a guitar that they had received that was pretty jacked up. I think we mentioned on the show, uh, and then. I got involved and basically ran my mouth, and then Shengzhou responded by saying, "We're going to have an actual customer service department. We're looking at hiring a company in the United States to become a, to become a, um, a distributor." Um, what happened? Like, where did this all go? Right, right. And they had a lot of mouths over here and in Europe. They had the guy that used to be in um, uh, Big Country. The ones that did the song "Big Country" in a big country. Yeah, I forget. Um, I forget offhand, but. Right, they they were they were clearly trying to be uh, using the internet influencer idea of like, hey, right. I'll send you this stuff if you talk good about it, and then I'll hook you up, you know, with whatever you want, kind of deal. Um, and they were real big on that, and whether people want to admit that they were getting free guitars from them or not, and I'm sure some of those guys are probably listeners of the show. I know that uh, I know that at least a few of them are. We know you were getting guitars from them for free. It's obvious. It's super yeah. obvious. Stop pretending. Like, we know. It's, and it's all right. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I would take free getting, guitars all day long. Yeah, you're getting free free stuff. Who cares? Good, good for you. Now that I run a podcast, I, I wouldn't do that because, obviously, right. we have integrity that we have to protect. Right. No, because it is part of why our show exists. Right. Yep. We said early on that we were not taking in um, money. Uh, from in, uh, companies that wanted to influence us, right? It, it would any of that sort of thing that would ever go on would be because Jim and I approach them and basically right. say, "Look, we like your product. We want to show it on the show. Uh, right. 
like with Thomas Blue's thing, it fits neatly into what we provide, which is resources for the practical guitarist. So for us to, you know, have him on, that was like a big thing to tote that product, which fits right. neatly into the fold of being practical. It's a small right. device. And right. it's an incredible device. If you haven't watched, uh, if you haven't listened or watched to the, ep- the episode yet, I would highly recommend you do so. And then look at the shootout he did with uh, HP's uh, amp collection. Because the proof's right. in the pudding. I think that... Right. It, the biggest thing that we're we're getting at here is that you know just when you're when you're purchasing from overseas directly from overseas, you have to be a little bit more cautious because once you cross into that international water, especially into China, I have a friend who is um, a lawyer over there. He's a trade lawyer, and way way long time ago, he started I think twenty something years ago. Long time ago when he was over there to beginning. We'd gone to high school together. I said to him, I said, um, so what's it like being over there? And he goes, well, as long as you've got money that can grease wheels, you can get anything done. You know, it, they don't, there is no, there's, there is very little, um, uh, what's the word I want, laws that are completely followed. Only the ones they want to follow when they want to follow them. And they being the people who, um, uh, who, enforce those laws so you got to be careful well so the interesting thing is there there, there's a job that exists now even here in the united states for importers right and what an importer is is he acts as a liaison between you and the third party you're purchasing things from if you're a company um gia portrayed himself both as As the, the figurehead of the company and the importer and that's where things become interesting is that Okay, so you're you. What are you? Are you the owner or are you the importer? Because right. if you're Can't the importer, the- you suck at communication. <laughs> you, you just suck at it. Like it's terrible. Yep. And yep. if you are the CEO of your company, you should be ashamed of yourself because you yep. ran it into the ground. Right. Well, I mean, and that comes to if if you're not getting if somebody's not getting back to you in days. Well, much less Days, weeks. weeks. Jim, I fucking ordered the guitar by the time they got back to me. By the time you had the guitar for weeks and they got back to you about yeah. questions you asked initially. Yeah. I was like, what? Why are you asking me this now? Why are you answering these questions? It doesn't matter now. Who cares? <laughs> well, so that's the other thing. So they frame it uh, in, in my conversations and working with them. They frame it as though the guitar you're buying in the picture is the guitar you're buying. Right. And it's supposed to be. Like, that's the way yep. they portray it and everything. And then all of a sudden, it's yep. like, this other guitar shows up at your house, and you're like, what the hell? Yep. They show they showed me pictures of the cardboard box it would ship in and everything. Yep. And, and that wasn't, wasn't the guitar the I got. One. Yep. <laughs> like, you guys are on drugs. You think I'm not going to be able to tell the difference? I'm telling you, and that's the thing. They can, they can stick... Any picture, they can have a, a set of stock pictures, and then they can throw them out at you. Why at- don't they just say, I, I would have been fine if he was like, look, we're going to ship you a guitar. It's not going to be the one pictured, but it's going to be beautiful. Like, I would have been fine. I would be like, all right, right. perfect. Because as we know, in our discussions before I did it, at the worst, I was going to end up with wall art. Yep. Yeah, I've been talking to somebody about buying some wall art for 20 bucks. 
Um, we can't buy that for twenty bucks, ship. Well, no, I'm going to buy it. It's a it's an acoustic. You're not. It's just a crappy old acoustic. And then I'm going to put I'm going to put a sticker across that says Gibson. You ha- you can't put it up with strings on it. Then. I'm not. Hashtag gonna, year of no gear. It, it's no, it's just a a wall art. It's literally going to have like a plant in the middle of it. I'm going to do something ridiculous. Okay, now if you do that with it, I, yeah, I just gave the it, thumbs up. It's it's all yeah. good. It's it's completely. It's not. Not only is it not going to have strings on it. Why would I put a a, a, pair, a set of strings on a piece of shit? I'm just going to write the word Gibson on it. Like, I'm just trying in, to in be a Nazi about hand. the rules here. Then I'm going to I'm going to put a bunch of fake autographs on it, and I'm going to let you guys know because it'll be hanging right behind my. <laughs> I'm going to put fake autographs on it and everything. I'm going to hang it on the wall. It'll hang over here with my acoustic. Can we can we stop it? Let's talk about Year of No Gear from, from here for a minute. Yeah. So. We are 15, 16 days into Year of No Gear. How, how hard, Jim, is it for us to go through this process? Every day. Every day. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at stuff and I'm going, oh. I'm not Aww. even looking at things. And it's like, geez, I'd really like to have an attenuator so I can do videos in my condo. Well, you know, we talked about that. Um, and we talked about that with the um, the... I wanted to get a Harley Benton cabinet to leave at my practice place so I could use my I know my cabinet cabinet. But I'm not gonna use that attenuator just for me. just for that though. I'm gonna be using it for all Here's kinds of stuff. Here. But anyway, so. I can't can't really see it. I can't get out of the way anyway. And uh but the Hughes and Kettner head is sitting on top of a Hughes and Kettner cabinet. But I just want to leave my Hughes and Kettner habit cabinet here. Why should I bring a good cabinet to um practice, which is a two and a half floor walk Do you have a PA up there? They have a PA and everything, but the, I hate when we run the because um, we run the drums and the vocals through the PA. And for rehearsal, that's because he uses e drums at rehearsal, so um, it, it's just too much. Because we've tried running the guitars through it, it's too much. So we just we just really turn them down. We turn the guitars down. We set the we set these things for one watt or five watts, and we turn them way down. They lose all their tone. They really kind of suck. But it, it's it's fine for what we're doing because we're just practicing and making sure we got everything in, in, you know, are we good in time? Are we playing the same chord? So on and so forth. Um, nobody cares. Is your solo down? That's for you to get when you get to the, to the game. It's not it's not something anybody's going to rehearse. They just want to make sure you know the song structures properly. and the, Yeah, all the structures and all the songs. And you're we, not faking but, it like I do. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we'll get through like eight bars of a song. Yep, that's good enough. Next, you know, it's just, hey, can we work on the ending of, you know, this song? Yeah, sure, let's do that. And then we'll, like, um, you know, or can we work on the stop in this tune? Um, can we work on the intro to this tune? There's nothing that really we're playing all the way through very seldom, except for maybe a song that we've just picked up, just to make sure we've got end-to-end construction of the song. And then if somebody goes, hey, like, I'll, I'll give you an example, Dancing With Myself, you can't, what is this? my hair today um you go to uh, dancing with myself it's like are we going to go through that four times six times eight times you know what's going to be the the number of times where you go dancing with myself uh, 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 oh. and then you just do the you know you know and i i do the little riff they were like oh only do it two times i'm like it's not gonna sound right if i do it two times you know that type of thing it's just 
one of those things where you just you, you kind of find your footings. And so I was like, all right, well, and we had reached out to the group and we said, hey, do you think that Jim should be able to buy this year no gear? And everybody's like, no, you can't use that. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying a Harley Benton. Me, the snob, wants to buy a Harley Benton because I want my sound better. Yeah, okay. I want everybody to believe that for just a second. And you, if you can't, if you're not watching the um, the uh, video version of this, well, there you go. If you are watching the video version of it, you can see the sarcasm in my eyes, and you can also see what I just gave everybody that was not watching the video version. I, b- I believe the correct terminology is "fuck you." Fuck you, <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <clears throat> I'm I'm just trying to to make it so that I don't have to drag this thing. Because it, it doesn't matter that it only weighs X number of pounds. I'm fat and old, all right? And my knees aren't great. And I got to drag it up two and a half flights just to bring it up, back, 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 then bring it back down here so I can give you, and I and I really do mean this, so I, I want to give you the best the sound finger. I can. No. And the only way to do that, no, this is the other finger. This is the, <laughs> I'm doing the Harrison Ford <laughs> index finger right now. Urgh. Index index finger, Harrison Ford style. My eye! Uh, hey, my eye! <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want to bring you guys the best possible tone I can, and according to David, that means I got to have an SM57 six inches off the amp <laughs> or the cabinet. No, and right I up against a, I the cabinet. A, I bought a mic stand. I bought an SM57, another one, so I could leave it here. I bought the cable so I could plug it in. I, you know, I, I'm putting money into this so that you guys get a good, you know, a good sound. Yeah, and. Nobody wants to hear shit sound, right? Because um, we, you know, we're just, we'd be just as bad as everybody else going, yeah, listen to this. It's, a, it's an amp sim. You know, ah, that's great. I mean, I could blend the two and I could say, okay, here's a microphone. Here's no microphone. Here's the ESO, E609. Here's the, because I want to do that too. I want to go, here's the microphone. Here's no microphone. Here's an amp sim, you know, and here's uh, an E609. Here's an SM57. I want to do all that. Um, it just means I got to drag this thing in and out all the time, and and that's a pain in the ass. And I'm old and I'm fat, as it is. I drag this fender in and out of the church because it weighs nothing, and I don't care about my tone at the church. That's the truth. I don't care about my tone, and so um, I can I can bring the Mustang into the church, play that there. I'm actually <laughs> tearing up to hear you say that, Jim. I'm, <laughs> I'm, actually, it's my allergies, but God is making yeah, me tear up. My allergies. Killing me earlier there. Uh, you could tell I was. God is making me tear up because you don't care about your tone in the church. Oh yeah, God. Well, God forgive me. Um, I, I think God forgave me already for not caring. You're, you're still walking <laughs> the earth, so God must have forgiven you for something. Listen, we got a we got a sound guy who sits in the first row, who also plays bass and points his his monitor at himself in the first row. So I don't want to hear anybody complaining about tone at my church. <laughs> Kiss my ass. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. All rise. All rise for the tone of Jim. Okay, so um, but anyway, I, I think that stuff like that shouldn't be counted against us because that's we're not buying it for to, I mean, if it was a pedal, yes. If it was a um if it was a Mesa four by twelve, hell yeah, that counts against you. Well, you I know, so my litmus test, and this is the one I'm using for the sh- for the for the purposes of year of no gear, is that if I am going to use it outside of the show's confines, then yes, that's a problem. And so if I buy an attenuator, you better believe I wouldn't be using that. 
<laughs> like around the house and stuff. Like it's just gonna yeah, happen. But, yeah, but you're only gonna use it now. You gonna gig with it? No, but it's not no. about gigging with it. Like and, half the gear I have, what, I don't gig with. I mean, what is the okay? What is the primary purpose of that attenuator? What's the primary purpose? To be honest qui- with yourself, to quiet my amp. But that's okay. the thing. It's not to quiet my amp for the show. That's my point. Like I know I'm going to use it for other things, so I have to be honest with our with our listeners. And, as much as that makes me mad, I just don't think I don't think that that for you to say, "Hey, I got to be quiet because I live in an apartment, so I need an attenuator." That's not that's not for your tone. It's not to improve anything but recordings for this, right? I mean, yeah. but honestly, I record other stuff too, Jim, and I'm going to be tempted to use it. Well, then you record other stuff with it. Yeah, but then it's then it then, then it doesn't meet the criteria of being then for the podcast. Then don't record other stuff with it. Better solution. I'm taking it don't to I'm it. taking it to a rehearsal space where I can crank this fucker up, and I'm doing videos for our, for our listeners, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right because you're of no gear. God damn it, you're of no gear or or bust. It's gonna happen. I, I'm going I all the way. And and I'll tell you right now, I could have I could have bought that Harley Benton, stuck it in the rehearsal room, and never told you guys about it. You'd never know, right? But I'm not doing right, it. Right, right. I'm not doing it. But fucking find hey. out. My bragging I, rights are going to be bigger than my balls. I, I will tell you because I will say I will point right to that Pelham Blue Pelham SG if I buy it. I'll go see that that guitar you can buy me. I didn't buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's sitting right there, but it's not today. But my if wife, I buy it, it my, will sit right the fuck there. To, to be fair to everyone, my wife has agreed to tattle on me, so. <laughs> isn't that nice of her? Yes, she's wonderful. Guys, guys, isn't she sweet? She really she's thinks the listeners. She thinks the listeners. She does. She would tattle on him. She would tattle on me, too. Hey, so. the listeners are getting creative, too. Sean Wright just asked me if it was okay if I built something. Yeah. Well, oh, you build something. Yeah. No. <laughs> then it was no. like, no, no. If he builds it, if he, if he builds and it, he gives I, it to I will come. You <laughs> or loans it to you, that's okay. Yeah. So if, if anybody wants to loan us gear and say, hey, would you guys throw up a video of this? So here's some of the things we've done um, in the last couple of weeks. So I just, they're not sitting here today. So because I'm going to go pick them up tonight, um, but I'm locally uh, buying some uh, lighting. So, uh, that's going to be improved. Um, we're both improving the video quality, and we both improved the sound quality. So the things that we're trying to bring to you is better sound. Because how many times does somebody put up? This is this is this is the <laughs> incessant video. Is the guy goes, "Hey, listen to me play this Bon Jovi song, right?" So they stick a camera in front of themselves. Which is nine times out of ten, they're fine. Which is pointed at the guitar, not Which is the, guitar, the amp. Not, yeah, not the amp. So, and and the the um, majority of the sound is coming from. If I can hear Bon Jovi singing, I'm hearing Richie Van- Sambora's guitar, not yours. So I'm sorry, guys. If you're not if you're not going direct and tweaking, what's the point? Just hey, look how well I can play this. No, I don't know how you can play it. It's it, and I'll tell you, karaoke singers do the same thing. They'll be in, they'll be sitting in a car. Excuse me, I, I had pizza right before this. It's really um, aggravating. Um, you get a karaoke singer sitting in a car, and their favorite song co- song comes on, and they're singing away with it, and it's like, 
oh man, that guy sings that real well. Then you get him to karaoke night, and it's like, I miss rains down in Africa. And you're like, wow, that guy sucks. It's because you didn't hear them in the car. You heard them turn the the stereo up, and you heard the uh, mix. It's the wall of sound, and that's how it works. You, your ears will fix the problems they make um, until it can't fix because it doesn't have the original to listen to. That's correct. And that's that's going to be a problem. I mean, you know, that's where you you get it. You've seen it all the times. You see misspellings, and you go, "There's no misspellings in there." Ah, oh, shit. Yes, there is, because you your brain fixes spelling, um, or doesn't care. And, and so it's the same thing when it comes to guitar tone, guitar sounds. You know, it's like, and here's the other danger. So I'm trying to put together some stuff where I got uh, multiple tracks. So I said, here's a rhythm track. Now I'm playing over the rhythm track with my lead. Now I'm not going to loop my rhythm track. I'm going to play a rhythm track for you. And I've got my lead. So I've done the voiceover of these two guitars. This is exactly what I did on my video, too, because I couldn't get this to go right. How the heck do I do it? That guitar and this guitar, my SE and my CE. I did the voiceover where, okay, this is these are the differences. This is the similarities. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about, or I mean, uh, then I'm playing over this, over it with a rhythm track. Then you'll hear the lead track come in after I get done running my mouth. So, um, the first thing I want to say about this new content we've been bringing to listeners, um, is that video content and audio content are really two different things. Okay, Jim and I can sit here on the podcast and we can talk for 20 minutes. And it's so easy. But when we have to go to video, it becomes... I mean, honestly, to put together a video episode of the podcast is an hour. To to edit and upload an episode of the podcast audio-wise is like maybe seven or eight minutes. Uh, and to put that into perspective, you know, our videos are typically like between eight and 20 minutes long. And if it takes an hour to edit, that's just the editing. That's not the shooting of the video. That's none of the other production work that goes into it. That's not the making mistakes. That's not the setting up the mics and getting everything there. And, you know, that's why I said, I'm going to have one studio set up that's just for here. It's not leaving uh, because I'm not taking that S- SM57 out of here and then go, oh, crap, it's in this bag, and I have to find it. And I go, or, whoops, I left the SM57 and needed a gig here, you know, that type of thing. So That's exactly it, what I'm going for, too. Like, I think I'm just going to take my Mesa to uh, to the other place where I'm going to do this stuff and leave it. And just when I go over there, crank it up, sit down with my cameras. I'll probably have the cameras sitting there. I may even leave it built up for a week or two and then knock it down every once in a while because uh, it will be at someone else's residence so for those who those who have um had to shoot some of you that listen that have have shot good videos it's hard you know it's hard you know it's a lot of time you're setting up the lighting you've scripted because if you're going to do it um for a shootout you want to do a scripted um thing you want to you want to be cons- short concise about what you say um you know, I know Robert Jackson doesn't do that, but that's his thing. That's that's his modus omorandi, and that's okay. But if you want to get that thing going, you want to script it out a little bit. You want to um, have your sound set up. You want to. You've got to play. You don't want to play um, uh, uh, cover music. You got to play original music, which means you have to come up with something. You have to write something, even if it's a you know 
Um, can we talk about the the recent um, uh, news about uh, Ed Sheeran? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, so Ed Sheeran is getting sued because um, the bass line to one of his songs, I don't remember what name of it is because I'm not a big fan, but um, has the Marvin Gaye uh, bass line for Let's Get It On. And, and I listened to them both. Ed Be- Beato? No. What the heck's got? Rick, Be- Rick Beato. Right. He's got a video where he, he plays them. I'm not going to bother. If you look look it up, and yeah, make a note to put that in the show notes, okay. please. Yeah. Um, Rick Beato has a video where um, he does uh, a – he literally goes from baseline to baseline, and it's so good. As far as the verse goes, you literally can't tell when he goes in and out of the Ed Sheeran to the, to the baseline of the, um, uh, the original Let's Get It On. Cannot tell. Now, that said, that is a – that is a chord progression. If you listen to the melody, it's nowhere near each other. They're right. not the same. They're, I mean, the key's not the same. Chords are not the same. Chord progression, not the same. If you break it down to your chord numbering, one is, uh, what is it, six, five, four, one, or something like that. The other one is, is um, minor six, five, flat seven, or something like that. Anyway, they've got a completely different setup of, of the chords. You can't um, copyright chord progression. One, four, five would be gone forever. Right. And, and the most famous, you saw that video. Who's the, what's the, the video where they show, like, Don't Stop Believing and all these other pop songs from the 80s and 70s, and they go their exact same progression? Can't. You just can't do that. And anyway... The problem with having anything that might sound like somebody else in your video that you do for YouTube, um, they can shut down your video, say, hey, you've got copyrighted material in there. They don't care that it isn't. They'll shut it down first, and then you have to prove to YouTube that it isn't to get your video back online. Well, we actually, don't- that's technically not the way it works anymore. So if you're, like, let's say... Let's say I play because I played the two Hendrix tunes, right? So the Hendrix estate comes and they say you're playing our copyrighted material. Um, they can basically what they do is they can monetize the video for themselves, and then right. they take the proceeds off the video, and that's fine. Like I, if I'm going to do that, I'm aware of that. I, I like that better than what they were doing before, which was basically yeah, but- take the video down because obviously you're not allowed to do this, right? But some musicians are. I mean, okay, Don Henley. I dare you do Don Henry's. Oh, yeah. Take it down in a second. Dare you. No, I'd probably monetize it. I would if I were them. If I said the word Don Henley, no, he doesn't like his videos. He doesn't like his music on video. He just doesn't like it. I don't, so if I don't know if that, I don't even know if they still do that by the rules, but it, they probably they probably still do. I would imagine that you have the right to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I just know that's the way they used to do it. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, we've all seen the uh, remove for copyright reasons. Yep. Well, some of our videos are monetized by other people, to be honest. With you. Uh, the the two Ingve videos from Sweetwater were, uh, well, at least one of them was monetized. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's making money off that video, which is really cool. I'm, I'm happy to do that. So. Yeah, I and I'm fine with that. It's just the ones where they take you down and they go, well... Yeah, that one kind of yeah. sucks. Uh, well, because... 
So like like Michelangelo said, you know, I think the perform I think the performance should be copyrighted, and that's fine. Like, okay, obviously, you know, I perform this other person's music. You know, uh, they should be entitled to something for that. But it's my performance and not theirs, so therefore we should split the proceeds. Not right, and I, it, maybe that splits more more one sided to the person who wrote it or whatever. But it should be a split, right? I think there is a split um, if you're the one doing the song, but they still get royalties or whatever it is. Yeah, I think there's, or you can arrange that somehow. But either way, you know, I just, I just, what I was getting at is there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, and, you know, you guys know that if you put up a solo that's got mistakes in it, people are going to pick you apart. So you're better off. You're going to have to do a few takes. Find the solo that doesn't have mistakes in it. Put that one in. Or write your, your own. That's what. Well, that's what I mean. Well, you can write your own. Then you can say, "Oh yeah, I meant, I to, meant to play that. that exactly. I meant to play that crappy note over." <laughs> that. I don't usually pick wrong notes. I I just pick ones that don't sound great. <laughs> There's no such thing as a wrong note. Just ask any jazz musician. That's not um, true. But you get but... you get the idea. I just, I just think that uh, if anybody's following the whole Ed Sheeran thing, I watched three videos about it. Music is when Adam Neely and Rick Beato, um, you know, I think Rick and Music is Win's videos are worth watching. Um, Ours so, are worth watching too, in case you're yes. you're wondering. Um, we're not really getting deep into it because I'm not going to get in the fight. No, I, I just don't. But well, so. With with original intent, it's hard. Give, give yes. us a break, people. We're we're gonna do it. We we are doing it. It just takes a while. It takes a long time. These videos, um, we record two a week, so that's two hours of of uh, recording. You know, and then basically a half hour of editing. Uh, there's, there's a editing. lot of promotional work during the week. We Jim and I are pounding the pavement constantly. At least I am. Uh, yep. So. That's trying that's, to get people to listen, um, get people to watch. If you guys, you know, want to like us, then share it. You know, sure. I mean, that's the best that we can ask for, right? Um, and again, if while we're in this year of no gear, if you want to loan us stuff and you want to, you know, you don't want to take the time and you don't want to do that video thing, hey, we'll pay for shipping. We'll take care of your stuff. Um, and if we break it. Well then, it's then, still a year of no gear because we we broke it. And we got to buy a new one. Yeah. Um, but, well, we got the threadless store now, so hopefully we can start bringing in enough revenue that maybe we can do a flip here and there where we buy something on reverb and then sell it for the price we paid for it. Right. Um, it just to demo it. Yep. I mean that's so that's not out of my pocket. I don't feel bad about that being your you know a violation of year of no gear. It's the believe me, we ain't buying shit for ourselves. Um, nope. Do you think I need five fucking fuzz faces? I just need one good one. <laughs> um, yeah, but you want five fuzz faces. No, I don't. Not, fuzz, fa- not, fuzz, fuzz, not fuzz faces. No. So, this is it. I just need one good one. And, like, I'm being completely honest there. I'm not going to look at my door and go, man, I really need a silicon for this song. Like, what the fuck? Just give me the one that I want to use. I don't want to have to swap it out. Bullshit. Give me the one I like. Yeah, give just me give one me the I one like. I always use. Well, when you think about it, uh, you know, so let's talk. How much time do we have? We got uh, as much time as we need. We got 10 minutes. All right. All right. So 
let's just talk real quick about when you do a recording of a song that you're going to, like you are putting together original music, you're going to put a, a recording on, right? If you're going to do that, you're going to write a song, whether it's instrumental or it's got vocals behind it, doesn't matter. An original song, you're going to post, you can put it on SoundCloud. You intend on selling some of it or at least getting some airplay. Um, here's the thing. You're going to want some some panned guitars because, you know, in all reality, it sounds better to have, okay, this one's slightly different from this one. Right. They're panned out. They might have a little delay between them. There's a little tonal difference. So sure. two fuzz faces <laughs> might be in order in that case. I'm not saying it always will be. I'm not, uh, but I'm saying it might be in some cases. So for my needs, and that's a good point that you bring it up, but for my needs, the fuzz face is a lead pedal. Um, so I don't double my leads. I just don't. Um, it's too much of a pain in the ass to go back and double a lead. I mean, unless it you're, it's hard to double lead. Unless you're going to sit there and you're going to say, okay, this is exactly the way I want to play the song every single time I play it. It just it doesn't make any sense. So that's why I use the fuzz face. I don't use it for rhythm work too much. Um, if I do, it's for a very specific effect, and I would actually rather double it with a different type of fuzz, not another fuzz face. I want as right. much variation as possible. So muff on one side, fuzz face on the other, or something like that. Right. Uh, well, all right. I, I, I'll I'll take you and and raise you one again. It's a difference between the recorded version and the one you do live. Right. Let's take let's take one of the greatest guys at doubling his own parts, David Gilmore. We've spoken to this guy before, um, and um, he can sit down and he can play his parts exactly the same twice. Now live, you just don't see that. I've seen him live several times. Oh, I can do it too. And I've got I just don't like to spend the time recordings. on it. But the thing, well, this is. This is where um, you're right. You don't always want to double the part, but doesn't it sound thicker and more full in the recording when you double it? In general, if I'm going for a bigger, thicker sound, it's a different guitar. Like I'm going to grab a Les Paul or something like that to to fill that to fill that role. Um, so no, I'm not, and I'm not downplaying the fact that yes, you're you're right. If you double, it's gonna it's definitely going to make it bigger, but if you got you, you definitely want to be different than your rhythm guitars. Number one, I would never track rhythms the same guitar I track leads with, um, and that's part of the reason why I have four guitars now. At this point, I have the ones that I use for rhythm work and the ones I use for lead work. And if you're going to get into the the like the solo tone type stuff, if I am going to double it, um, actually for the lead, if I'm going to double it, I want the sounds to be the same for the lead because it's not going to be as. Yeah. It, I don't want it to be as as broad as that like usually it's because i want i want the sound to be like you know kind of chorused that's for lack of a better word in which if, case use a chorus pedal or use a delay set to a very tiny repeat and you're gonna if, go if somebody wants to check out a badly yet well done doubled lead check out the original long version of radar love the he doubled his lead and he doesn't play anything the same. <laughs> well, so, all right. So, so, so Tony Iommi used to do that in Black Sabbath. Yeah. And that's that, what I'm saying. That's like that's the way I would double. Like if I'm gonna sit there and be like, all right, fine. If you're gonna make me do the same solo twice, I'm gonna use the same main ideas, but yep. it's not gonna be the same, you know. Yep. And that's what that's what the song does. It it 
it flat out sounds like two guitar players playing the part. Yeah, that's exactly what Tony Iommi does for pretty much every lead I can think of Black Sabbath. So, yep. not that he does it for everyone, but because that's a very signature sound for him, it almost sounds like he's got like a two second delay on. All right, so I'm going to throw something out at the listeners. Gibson SG. Would you get a Gibson SG with dots on the fretboard? No. Number one. Shut up. Not you. The listeners, mister. <laughs> I wouldn't either. It's all just saying. Now, and I know the second question he's going to ask, and I'm going to say, fuck no. Okay, what is the second question? Would you get a PRS without birds? Yes, exactly. Would you buy a PRS with dots? I know you what well. What a point? <laughs> I know you well enough, Jim. No. If it doesn't have birds, go the fuck home. And I hope I'm clipping the shit out of my microphone those, right now. You know, those are birds. These are birds. Here we go. These are birds. Those are birds. What is the point I, of having who, no who birds? Who is the guy? All right, all right, I'm sure we've got somebody in our listener group that's going to that's gonna answer this. But who is the guy that they're making birds for? I want to know. I, I, or not birds. Dots. A, dots. Right. Like, that was a throwaway idea. So in the beginning... That was a throwaway idea for, for Paul Red Smith. He was like, yeah, I'm going to put these birds on here. That was, that was to make it look different for, um, what's his name, Santana. They started with dots, and there's a lot of dots. If you look at the, the late, what is it, the 90s when they started, was it late 80s, early 90s, whatever it was, when they started production, there's a lot of, lot, there's a lot of dots, like crescent moons and things like that that came the out The crescent moon's fine. Time. Like, I... It's got to be ornamental. They they did fucking bats on Paul Allender's guitar. I mean, that one sold. But, you know, before that, all the SEs had dots. And that one sold like crazy. That, I have two. The SEs originally started with a line inlay. And a slash yeah. line inlay. Yeah, slash lines. That was cool. Yep. I like that. But dots? Come uh, on! It's like the most... I would rather have you no know fucking inlay! Dots are the most boring effing inlays. If you're an acoustic player, sure. Because you play boring music anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> I want no inlay. I don't want any fucking inlay. Like, if I can get... Right, on acoustic, I have I have a um, Alvarez over here. And electric. One inlay. And it has a... Um, at the 12th fret. That's it. Has this weird, like, infinity symbol looking thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All my other ones, uh, my Ovation has dots, and my um, Takamini has dots. But I'm sure somebody's put the middle finger on uh, the 12th fret somewhere. Oh, I'm sure somebody's done it. Somebody's done it somewhere. If somebody made made a guitar with a with a little girl in it, which is just weird, somebody's put a middle finger in it. Well, we had the Wangcaster, so I think it's inevitable. <laughs> that is weird. So anyway, um, yeah, those are good questions for you. Dots on your inlays. Are you a dot person? Do you like dots? <sighs> Aren't Stratocasters dots? Yes, they are. Which is why I hate the fact that Stratocasters have dots on them. I hate it. If I ordered my, my the last S, the last S five hundred I bought, if I had ordered it, I would have ordered it without dots. Yeah, you would have got it with just nothing. Yeah, but it's an import, so I had to go dots. So, dots or no, folks? That's your question for today. All right. Well, on that bombshell, we are concluding our episode. Uh, I have been our first episode ever. Our our worst or first? (laughs) 
depends on how you feel about it. Uh, but we, everybody, we purposely said, okay, no interviews this week. We need a break from interviews. They are hard to do. Uh, David, David comes up questions. I don't do anything. There's a lot I, of coordination I, in it too. And I, yeah, I coordinate the people, and then David writes the questions. And so when I ask questions, um, mine come off the top of my head, but they're usually based on something he's done or thought of. Yeah, because um, we share them. I mean, everybody yeah. sees them before it happens. But and and we we let our we I'll let you know we let our guests know what we're going to ask. We're not one of those people that. Are, Hey, let's pull this out of our hat, you know. And, and if you felt that the questions we asked Jody Trevetti were somewhat controversial, that was—I mean, I showed them to her all, before we did it. So we're all vetted questions um, yeah. and all conversations that we had beforehand. So it wasn't like we pulled something out and we're like, "Oh, let's put her on the spot," or let's any guest. It doesn't matter which guest it is. Um, the person that put us on the spot, which is funny enough, was Thomas Blue. Yeah, he, he was the one that pulled stuff out on us. We weren't ready for. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing was awesome, though. I gotta admit, uh, we we just pushed play, we just pushed record on that. Uh, we were already like in the midst of a conversation. I was like, man, I'm not losing this. <laughs> it took us 20 minutes to get the conversation going. He called me, and then I'd call him, and then oh, yeah, we could never the whole get thing. people on the call. So, well, we he's from Germany, and so Skype's different over there too, which made it that much more difficult. But we finally got it, and Skype's going through a bunch of changes, which is. Anyway, I have been Jim. Changes. Yeah. Turn against the grain. Changes. All right. Anyway, I have been David. I have been Jim. And this is the biggest facepalm ever. Thanks for listening. Thank you.